Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and welcome back to the show where we dig deeper to really understand what matters most in business. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing strategies that will grow revenue and also help you if you're thinking about making a pitch to potential investors. And I'm pleased to welcome Michael Doyle, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Brandiron. Hey, Michael, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, branding is always something that's fascinating, and I'm really excited about where we're going to take this topic and, and dovetail it towards the idea of uh, investment in firms. But let me start at the top here with regard to brands in particular. Um, talk to us a little bit about what creates, I'll call it a memorable brand. Sure. Creating memorable brands is all about how do you package what's unique to your brand? How do you make it unique? How do you do it differently? How do you effectively communicate your value points and your value propositions? How do you separate yourself from the competition and what's in the competitive landscape? And so you've got to kind of take a look at it at a holistic perspective. Of also, is how do you bring and position your company to achieve your desired outcomes and what do you want to be? So it's not necessarily about who you are and what you're all about today, but who, where do you want to be down the road and how do you bring and position yourselves to be able to accomplish those goals and objectives? So you, in order to do that, you've got to take a look at not only your value points and your value proposition and not only where you're at today, but where you want it to be in the future. But also, how do you do that through imagery from your logo to your color palette to the use of imagery in, in website on your different sales materials? but also the, the language that you use, the tone, your voice. How do you put all of this together in order to package and create a powerful brand that brands and positions you to achieve the desired goals and outcomes you want to be able to achieve? And you've got to be able to stand out from the crowd and make sure you look and, and feel and sound different than everybody else out there. And people can resonate with it. You can engage with them emotionally, mentally, and compel them to not only um, notice you, but um, engage with them and, and compel them to take action with you and what you're trying to get accomplished. Yeah, and you rattled off a, a long list there of different components. Are those the pieces that you refer <laughs> to when you talk about holistically building your brand? Yeah, when I say about that, what I mean is not only how do you build your brand from like the imagery, most people think a logo, you know, a brand's about a logo or a website, but it's not. It's so much more than that. It's about not only the look and feel, but the messaging. It's it's how do you use the language to communicate your brand values? But also, it's also, you know, the experience that your employees give as well too to your customers. And so when I say holistically, it's not just about imagery, it's about the voice, the tone of the text, the content and everything. But it's also about how do you how do you package and deliver those experiences? And that's what I mean by holistic. It encompasses all these different senses and touch points that um, prospects have with your company. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into some of those individual component parts as we have this conversation unfold. But you just mentioned something about the, the employee experience. And I always tell people that your employees are your brand ambassadors. Anybody that is representing your firm, whether they're answering the telephone uh, in any fashion, greeting someone or working directly with customers, it doesn't matter. They're all representing your brand. Talk a little bit about what companies can do better to create that user experience for the customer as it's provided by the employees. 
Yeah, the first thing you try to do is make sure that everybody understands what your brand values are. So you have them really well defined. You'll effectively communicate that. And so everybody understands what those are. They understand that, you know, here's our value points. Here's our differentiators. Here's what we're trying to get accomplished from our value proposition in the marketplace. But then here's the things that we do that we say in those experiences with the customers, be able to fulfill that brand and that brand promise. And so you've got to not only train everybody, but educate them and even do some mock scenarios of whether it be on the phone or be on a Zoom or Google Meet or meeting in person of what this experience is supposed to be like and how do they act, how do they communicate and the feelings that are trying to convey and communicate and they want the customer to feel in when they're um, communicating with you as a brand or your company. Yeah, and, and I want to shift gears just slightly a little bit here and, and maybe just ask you to tell the audience a little bit about Brand Iron because you're, I think, somewhat unique in the, in the marketing and branding space because we're going to now be talking about positioning your company to be acquired. And you've got a backstory that leads to why you do what you do in that niche. So why don't you share that? Sure. Um, before Brand Iron, I had another um, advertising marketing agency. We focused focused on the technology sector, um, and at the time, um, we, my partner, and I, we decided, hey, you know what we want to do is we want to potentially get acquired. So we're really going to focus on high tech. We're really going to focus on these rapidly growing companies. So we're going to brand and package ourselves as that tech tech. tech um, market leader from a branding and marketing perspective. And so um, we really got in front of, we say got in front of the wave so we could potentially catch the wave. Um, and sure enough, one of our customers came to us and says, hey, we're getting acquired. We're part of an IPO rollup. You guys, since you've been running this brand and running all the, um, all the different initiatives to allow us to get acquired, you guys need to sell your company. Come join us and run our national brand. And I did. I, I actually, you know, sold my company in in um, 2000. Uh, was part of the dot com movement or craze. And then I ran um, a national dot com brand for several years. And during that time, I really understood not only what the brand and position yourselves, but how do you do that um, to achieve specific desired outcomes. And that's really kind of how. Um, I actually practice what we preach and be able to position ourselves to get acquired. And now I'm, t I'm taking that same lessons learned and applying and helping other companies achieve their goals and objectives. Gotcha. I want to tell the audience quickly how they can contact you if they want to learn more about you or work with you. Sure. You can look it up. It's brandiron.net is on our website address, or you could look me up on LinkedIn, Michael Sean Doyle, or Michael S. Doyle on LinkedIn as well, too. So either brandiron.net or Michael Doyle on LinkedIn. Awesome. And you know, Michael, I just got the word from the producers that we're coming close to a commercial break, but rather than uh, make you answer something in 60 seconds, I'm going to call an audible here and we're going to pause and take a quick commercial break and we'll pick up the rest of the time on the back end here. So Michael, don't go anywhere. You watching and listening, you don't go anywhere either. We will be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. Hi, this is Chris Wilhelm with Gateway Mortgage, a division of Gateway First Bank. I'm the Northeast Regional Manager. We've been helping consumers for the last 35 years on all their mortgage needs. We are their trusted mortgage advisor. 
Please contact us for information on home equity loans, renovation loans, construction loans, and first-time home buyer products. We can be reached at area code 609-828-5503 and make it a great day. Hi, my name is Victoria Shaw and I'm hosting a show on RVN television called Advocating for the Aging. It is about legislative, legal, and other resources for the aging and disabled community. Join us on RVN TV and we'll see you there. Doug. Hey man, nice base. Clearly you're a safe driver. You could save hundreds for safe driving with Liberty Mutual. They customize your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. <laughs> Woo! We gotta go again. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. And today we're talking with Michael Doyle, who's the Chief Executive Officer at Brand Iron. And Michael, thanks for uh, working with me there on, on taking that quick break. I didn't want to have to interrupt you because we're now getting into the, the, the juicy bits here, if you will. And I want to talk about the, the particular niche that you have in helping companies and positioning themselves for sale. So in what I do as a valuation professional and ex-investment banker from years ago, I, I've helped to build pitch decks. I've reviewed thousands of pitch decks. What makes a good deck? What makes a good deck is um, understanding several different things, is understanding the story that you're trying to tell. Um, what are the differentiators? What are the, the, what's unique about your company, your brand, about your revenue model, about your customer base? Understanding what those four, five, six really key differentiators and highlight you know main points that we want to highlight in your brand story no understanding that understanding what that wants to be understanding also what your financial story is too and what not only where you're at now but where you want to go out in the future and how do you put together a deck in a nice clear and concise fashion and do it in a not in a way where you really highlight those key selling points if you will um how do we package that and communicate that in a story? I tell people all the time, your deck has got to be like a telling a story, like a children's book story. So because remember, you only typically got about 45 minutes to an hour presentation or a conversation to get these potential investors or buyers to, to buy in or, or to, to understand what you're trying to um, tell the story about your company and why and how you know, this makes sense. And so how do you package that story? How do you put together something at the very beginning to grab their attention, suck them in, get them to engage and get them excited about what your, your company's story is or what your brand story is and get them excited about your financial story. Get them excited about the team, where you're at now, where you're going in the future and why you're going to be able to why you're going to add value and why this is a great investment for them. And I don't and I think most people don't understand that it's not just about the facts and telling facts, but it's about telling a story that really, you know, is really well thought out, is really engaging and does a really good job of um, bringing in these the excitement and 
the um, levels of interest of these buyers and and get them excited about what you're what you're selling your company and yourselves. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head there because most of the, the pitch decks that I've seen. Uh, they're not really designed to tell a brand story per se. Like you said, it lays out the facts, right? We've got the history and nature of the company. We've got historic financials. We can talk about the future. We can talk about the unique value proposition, total addressable market, all that good stuff, which is obviously things that buyers or investors want to see and hear about. But can you maybe offer something to our, our viewers and listeners as to what they can maybe think about to shape the brand story? Sure. You know, here's a really good example. I just saw a deck the other day from a venture capital firm. It was, you know, in the high 50s. So it's like 58 slides or something like that. And it was page after page after page of facts, 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 facts. And I was like, oh my gosh, my head's going to explode because there's so much content. There's so much data here, but there's absolutely zero story about who they are, what space they serve, what's different about them, what's unique about them, why and how this is, you know, exciting and engaging and compelling. So I think that you've got to understand, and this is what most owners don't understand is they're so close to their own company. Sometimes they have to take a step back and understand what are those four five, six points that really are unique and really are better about who they are and what they're all about and what makes them uh, separates them from their competition and really be able to identify what those value points are that and the, and the pillars of the story. And I like to say is you, you've got to understand like a book, what's the book cover, what's the book title. And then what are those four or five chapters, if you will, of what separate you and make you different. And then how do we pack it, the package those into a, a weaving of a story so that at the end, at the end of our presentation, which is hopefully fairly quickly, that the people go, man, you guys have, you've got, got a great story. You understand who you are, why you're better than the competition, why this makes sense. You understand the investment or the potential of this investment for us. And now that you've done a really good job of telling these stories with these pillars or those chapters of the story, we're bought in. We want to engage in a conversation. We want to find out more and find out how you could potentially be an important part of, of this investment and our, you know, our holdings. So I think that what you've got to really understand is what are those value points or those chapters of the story and, and how do you effectively communicate those and package them together or be a part of this bigger picture um, brand story and the financial story as well, too. Yeah, and, and clearly you're helping your clients in developing that collateral component that, that resonates and, and makes these points. What, what's your experience, though, in, in terms of the entrepreneurs or business owners actually delivering that message and doing the actual storytelling? Is it something that's natural for them or is it a little bit like pulling teeth? Uh, no, it's it's not natural. <laughs> In fact, most of the time it is very unnatural. Um, and so, you know, here's what we all do as business owners. We all know what we, how to do what we do, if you will. Um, and, we, and some, you know, a couple of people within the organization may be able to know how to sell themselves. But talking about your business, talking about your company, your brand, talking about your financial story and packaging that and communicating that is something typically foreign for all people. And so what I've, I, I've lived this, I've breathed this. I had to have my own management presentation. I had to pitch my own company before. And so now what I do is I help these company owners 
practice and practice their pitch, practice their presentations, work with all the different team members and the different chapters of those stories to be able to effectively communicate that and weave them all in together so they're a powerful, engaging presentation. And, you know, it's crazy. Sometimes I have to do things totally outside of the box. Like, here's a really good story. I had to work with an engineering firm down in Texas, right? And they're truly engineers and they're numbers guys and process and systems guys. But they hated talking about themselves, hated telling their story. So I had to work with them for, for you know, a long time to be able to get them to feel comfortable about who they are, what they're all about, how and why they're better than the competition. How do we work together in a seamless presentation? And how do we, you know, how do we work together as a team to be able to put together this presentation that just sucks these people in and gets them excited about the opportunity? And so that's what I see all the time is these people are not typically used to talking about themselves, but how do you put that message together? How do you work with them to tell that story? How do you work with them and all the different team members to be able to come together and engage with it and and make it a conversation about why this is such a great opportunity? And so working with those people and be able to get that accomplished, that's pretty damn exciting. And I take a lot of personal satisfaction to be able to help we bring these people together to tell a great, powerful, not only brand story, but a financial story that really sucks people in and gets them excited about the opportunity. Yeah, you mentioned differentiation again. And look, that that's key in, in developing a brand and go-to-market strategy, unique selling proposition, whatever you want to call it. Uh, how, do, how do you advise companies in really teasing out and articulating their key differentiators when oftentimes we're, we're all in crowded spaces and to uh, other folks who in, maybe outside of our particular industry consider us all the same. Yeah, and, and we see that all the time, right? Um, everybody looks the same, feels the same, sounds the same. So part of what it is is you, sometimes what you've got to do is say, all right, we have to create some differentiators, right? And so, or we've got to package something different or we've got to change this particular aspect of our model. And so we've got to kind of do a scouting of the landscape of, you know, of all the different players and and what position do they own or what's their pricing or packaging look like and take a look at ourselves and say, are we really any different or are we just another, you know, um, another company in that landscape where there are no differentiators? And if that's the case, we've got to come up with those three, four, five, six different differentiators. But I would t- I would say typically they are most companies already have a couple of them. They typically don't know how to effectively package and communicate what those are. But then also sometimes we also have to package or create some unique differentiators. And whether it be on our pricing model, on our service model, on our our, our value promise, on um, bundling of services or products. You know, sometimes you've got to be creative and unique and in order to be able to package those differentiators and think outside of the box of how do you really forge and and package those four, five, six differentiators. So typically we see they have a couple of them already, but then you may have to work together with them to be able to come up with a couple, uh, a couple more that really do differentiate them. Yeah. Michael, why don't you tell the audience again how they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you or if they want to work with you? Sure, it's Michael. Um, it's brandiron.net or Michael Doyle on, on LinkedIn is how you find me. Awesome. And you're working with companies of all sizes, right? 
Yeah, we work with three different sides. We, we work with what we call some startups, typically where they've got a little money, but they want to go out and raise some more capital. We also work with what we call SMBs or small, medium sizes businesses, and they want to get to the next plateau. But then we also work with some very large, what I would call enterprise size firms, and we're, uh, you know, we're bringing positioning them to achieve you know, new and different goals and objectives as well, too. So it's three diff- those three different size of companies. And we work with companies all around the world. Yeah. And, and which dovetails to the next question. I was going to ask you about the, the size matter in terms of how you deliver the pitch. But I'm going to reframe that and ask you, because it seems to me stage of development is really the story. Because if you've got a, a company that's been around for some time, you can talk about history. You can talk about the future with a little more certainty because you've been there and done that. But what about the the early end of the, the the life cycle where you've got the early stage companies who don't have that to speak of? No, but what you have to do is you've got to develop a plan, right? You've got to develop. Here's a good example. You've got to really develop a performa or financial forecasting. And, and you've got to be able to, put, to say that this is what we're going to do over the next year, three years, five years. And you've, you've got to be able to not only predict, but, you know, uh, deliver with some certain level of, of comfort as well as confidence to these potential investors and buyers that, you know, you're going to be able to deliver on those. You've got to be able to put together an operational plan, a marketing and sales plan, a delivery plan of what you're going to be able to produce over the next several years. And so you've got to be able to have that well thought out. It doesn't matter whether you're a startup uh, SMB or small and medium-sized business or an enterprise value, all investors, all acquirers want to make an investment where there's a certain game plan and certain level of comfort that you're going to be able to deliver on these results. So that's something in common across the board. Every every investor, every acquiring company wants to know is, do you have a tight game plan? Have you thought out not only a delivery model, but a, a performance slash finance forecast that we can buy in and believe. Also, do you have the team that's going to be able to deliver on these things too? So I think that those are the you know main components that every investor, every acquiring company wants to know that you've got it well put together and they can make an investment or an acquisition with a certain level of confidence within you. Yeah. And when we talk about the, the various holistic components and putting together a brand, a lot of times companies will focus on things like logo and colors and, and fonts and so forth. Uh, I, I've certainly seen that movie a lot. Uh, where, where should uh, companies be investing their time, energy, and, and money, frankly, uh, on these various holistic components? How would you prioritize them? Well, that's a pretty open-ended question, but um, I, it's a good one because I, I tell people all the time, you know, how do you create a brand? How do you create a logo, a website, a message? How do you put together a go-to-market plan, you know, that generates leads, that helps to, you know, compel engagement, you know, and also how do we put together the different components to be able to help bring in revenue, right? Because at the end of the day, a brand isn't just about a look and a feel or a a message. A brand has to resonate, has to connect, and it has to compel people to take action and make a purchasing decision. And so I think you've got to kind of do it. What I mean by holistic is, yes, you've got to work on the brand, the look, the feel, the message, but you also have to work on a go-to-market plan, understand who your ideal ideal, um, client targets or prospects are, 
what's the most effective, what we call marketing and sales process, and what are those meetings going to look like to be able to engage with them, be able to touch them and get them to be able to come to you and ask the right questions and, and, and become a lead, become an opportunity so that you could close the sale and generate revenue. Because at the end of the day, every brand isn't measured by the look and feel. It's measured by results. Yeah. And I love to start at the end. If if I love to start at the end, what are the results you're trying to achieve? What are the goals and objectives you're trying to get from here to here? And what does that want to look like? And then we can take a step back and say, here's our brand foundation, the look, the feel, the messaging. Here's our go-to-market strategy. What do those touch points want to look like? Here's where they go from a lead into a sales opportunity. And then how do we move them through that sales funnel, if you will? And how do we convert them to a customer? And then once we convert to a customer, how do we deliver, uh, put together a delivery mechanism to ensure that we're delivering upon our brand value promise? And we're making sure we deliver great brand experiences each and every time as well, too. So that's what I mean by holistically. You've got to look along the entire spectrum of, of not only the brand you're packaging and communicating, but how you're delivering on these, on all the different aspects to be able to run your business and deliver on that brand value promise. Yeah. And you mentioned about um, success is closing, closing the sale. And you're talking about closing with your customer, but I want to shift that just a little bit back to closing the sale with regard to investors or buyers here, I'll give you an opportunity to talk about some of your success stories. You've done a lot of these things for companies and I'm getting the sense that you're uniquely differentiating your clients relative to other firms that are maybe going to market. So, uh, maybe share a couple of success stories and uh, any kind of feedback that you've gotten from investors or buyers with regard to your process. Sure. Yeah. You know, we've had the really good fortune of, of being able to do hundreds of decks these days where our clients have generated or raised more than $5 billion in capital. And yeah, there's a couple of big ones in there. You know, I, my favorite story of all time is we call it the $500 logo, but this was years ago with a technology company. And how I really got into the technology space and really positioned myself and our company to get acquired where we we took a risk. We we did a logo for $500 years ago, and it was, you know, a lot of work. We didn't make any money on that project, but we took that one $500 logo and over a course of about a dozen years, we grew that technology company into like more than a half a million dollar a year account for us to the point where one of their biggest competitors came to us and said, we want to work with you. And I could do that. Um, but ultimately their competitor is the ones that acquired us. And, and, you know, um, and I was a part of that, you know, a public IPO. And, you know, we took that one little story and that one little technology deck into this huge account got noticed in that space. And that's really um, how we were able to get acquired. Um, so I love those little stories where you put together deck and not only do you deck, you put together that deck, you help them raise capital, you help them grow, but you're able to do the whole holistic example of, of raising capital, deploying capital, and allowing them to grow and to get to the next level. And that's what's really exciting when you're able to be a part of that process and help them grow and expand over a period of time. And that's a, it's a win-win. When you make them successful, a lot, I would say almost every single time they want you to be successful as well. So they're, the growth that they're experiencing, they want you to be able to grow it along with them as well, too. And that's what's super exciting for me. That's great. Uh, Michael, we are down to the short strokes here. So I'm going to put you on the clock and, and say in 60 seconds, give you a chance to kind of give the audience the final word on any advice, uh, tips, 
things that they can do better, things that they should be watching out for. Your call, final word. Sure. Well, I, I, I say that, you know, my brain and iron, we love to help work with companies to um, not only bring and position them, but bring and position to achieve specific outcomes. Whether that be branding and positioning to be different than anybody else in your space, branding and positioning yourselves to raise capital, branding and positioning and execute a strong, um, what we call go to market plan to be able to put together that uh, marketing and sales system to be able to generate leads, close opportunities, and generate revenue and cash flow. Um, you know, for us, branding is all about results. So, how do you bring in and position a company and track or measure all the different things along the way to ensure that you, they're getting a good return on your investment? And that's what I love doing. And that's what I think is most rewarding, but also fosters great relationships where it's a win win scenario for everybody involved. Gotcha. Thank you. And unfortunately, Michael, we are out of time, but I can't thank you enough for joining us today and, and sharing your insights with us on Behind the Numbers. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. We've been talking with Michael Doyle, who's the Chief Executive Officer at Brand Iron. Definitely check them out. And uh, thank you at home for watching and listening to Behind the Numbers. We can't do this program without you. Please hit the subscribe button. Stay in touch that with all that we're up to. We typically drop a new episode of this program every week. Uh, shout out to the folks in the production room here for helping the show run smoothly as they always do. And again, I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. So if you are a business owner and want to know the value of your business, please hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a conversation. That's all we have for today, folks. Thank you again. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers.